Glad you're with us. Just like that, hour number two is here for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. John McClain will join us in 20 minutes from gallerysports.com, and we'll dive into the NFL draft headlines plus league news, and we'll likely include our first headline to begin the hour. Daniel Snyder wants to hold out for more money involving the Washington Commanders sale. Front office sports reporting that, but also saying that Josh Harris remains the only ownership group or contender for the commanders that could survive the vetting process. I find that extremely interesting because Bezos is, his name's in the ring here. The official bid has yet to be announced, but Snyder's holding out hope that he's going to get more than what he asked for initially, which was what Josh Harris and that group met, which was $6 billion. But herein lies the entanglement and the craziness of the whole situation. The NFL owners, a couple of weeks ago, said at the owners' meetings, yeah, we really don't know that much about this process yet. Whenever the bid is accepted, it will be brought before us and we'll vote on it. Okay. But front office sports chat is saying right now, the only, only legit owner that would pass the, the vetting process is Josh Harris. This is like if you're in an auction and the auctioneer just holds on that last bid for way too long, an uncomfortable amount of time before closing out the bid. This is now what's going on in Daniel Snyder's mind. We right. got the one bid that went through, but do I have, do I have, uh, do I have seven, Billy? Do I have seven? Do we have eight? Do we have – he's Today continuing is, to go up and up, and no one is bidding, and he's just going to leave it there he's on until day someone does. The team has been on the market for 160 days as of today, and they have one official offer, and it, it's financed, and it's fully funded according to front office sports. He's going to hold out. He thinks there's maybe someone else out there. This may be, everybody thought he hated Bezos and didn't want to sell to him. This may be Snyder's way of sort of flirting with, with Bezos. You had the, was it the Fox business story last week that he is open to Bezos bidding on this team? Bidding Maybe or, that's what he's holding out for. Bidding or selling it to him. I think it, there, is a, there is a contingency that believes he's trolling him. Yeah, may, go through the process of bidding and then I won't sell it to you. Right. I think he just wants more money. Well, yeah, but I mean... He, I mean, I, I think he would sell to... I, I believe him that he would sell to Bezos if, the, if it was for more money. Tillman Fertitta, he hasn't been back in the mix since he had the $5.5 offer or whatever it was uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and McLean's got more on that too with Fertitta in the bidding process. But here, here's the other thing to consider. If you're not wanting... if you're So... The group of owners that could potentially buy the commanders, they know, just like the NFL owners know right now, that in about a year and a half, the Seattle Seahawks are going to be on the market. The reason they're not on the market yet is if the Seahawks were to sell, if the ownership group, uh, the Allen Trust, were to sell before 2024, 10% of the full sale price goes back to the city. And that expires after 2024. So you save hundreds of millions on the 10% that you could sell the franchise for. And the new ownership groups, Josh Harris, 
Bezos. I mean, they've got it. They could they could crowdsource this if they need it, but I mean, Bezos shouldn't need it, right? But Chad, the you can only you can only finance 1.1 billion. You have to come up with the other whatever price tag it'll be by the time Seattle's on the market. 4.9 in this instance with Washington would be the rest of the amount. Right, yes. And then you also have to have a certain operating cash flow, uh, organizational cash flow at all times, like a minimum threshold. So if you know that whatever you rise to, to and raise the price tag to with Snyder, and if you don't get it and you're just, you know, you're, he's trolling you, you're going to pay above that price because someone's going to match it. Theoretically, it would be Josh Harris. And then you pay even more for Seattle's franchise. Or potentially Chicago, by the way. Whenever you get the inheritance tax slapped around on whatever it happens with uh, the, the inheritance of the Bears, that's another one to watch. It's fishy. This whole thing is, first off, it's Daniel Snyder. Of course it's fishy. But... You sell Bezos your, is also slow playing it. Yeah, but I mean, look, you sell your home. I, I know this is a home and it's a football team, two different things. But you go asking price, you're going high with your first asking price. If someone meets it quickly, you sell the house. You don't wait on other bidder. This is $1.2 billion more than what the Denver Broncos sold for recently but that it, we're it was, talking about. But Forbes has the, the commanders, even prior to it going to the market, valued at $5.7 billion, which is already more than the previous highest selling price, which was the Denver Broncos. And it's six? The, the ask, he asked for six. And he got it. And Josh Harris has six. Value is 5.7. Yes. Snyder looked at it and said, six. Yes. He got six. Why would you not just sell it? That's what the that's, I mean, that's what the that's what's, that's what's fishy. Like, I don't... I know. You're not... Either you're not getting another bid or you're not really serious about... Selling, there's it's just a very well, odd, but, but underneath the surface, it's been odd for a while. I'm not this is this tracks, this is in line, yeah, with Daniel Snyder's ownership of this club. But I also, it's just common sense. You're going over the valuation, you're getting 1.2 billion more than what the Denver Broncos sold for. It is a dysfunctional organization you're selling off that is valuable, but dysfunctional right now. And you got a chance to get out with $6 billion. And no thanks. I'm going to wait for another bid. But I, I think someone's going to offer more. So he, reports are he's already cleaned out his office at the team facility. Like he hasn't been there in weeks. And remember, remember the report that he wanted the owners to help pay for any issues that may come forward with, with yeah, wanted them to, the investigation. Right. So Which is it's, ridiculous. But that's also still out there, even though Ursay is Ursay's the only public figure as far as the, the ownership groups are concerned among the 32 that are willing to step forward and, and speak on. He's like, yeah, we're, we're not into that. He could just speak for himself, but he's willing to speak. Someone I respect the, him for that. He's willing to speak out on Dan Snyder. Someone in the YouTube chat, Ace, says... Could Snyder give Lamar the max offer, guaranteed money, just to troll the rest That's, of the league? I mentioned that. Like, do you sign him? Do you trade and then say sold to Josh? Just to Harris? mess with the league at yeah. that point on your way out. I mean, that would be crazy. Or, or you actually keep the team and you keep Lamar and the Commanders. 
He's he, he's very unpredictable. Everyone assumes that he's going to sell. Well, I yeah. do, but like he he's I mean, you get six billion to leave, and he's not willing to do that. I mean, he's a child. <laughs> We're dealing with a seven year old. Like Daniel Snyder operates yeah. like a, a seven year old throwing a temper tantrum. You have no idea what you're going to get, not from one day to the next, from one minute to the next with this guy. Yes. So nothing is logical right now. And he could be off the coast of France right now. He went $300 million more than the valuation in what he wanted. He got it, and he's not selling. That's temperamental. That's odd. And the, the, the offer from Harris and his group is in there. Like, it's not – it hasn't moved. It's there. Um, he could take it. Yeah, and Bezos – I mean, the, the reports are out that he is – he's gone. He's got the, the finances through the, a bank and all that, so – um, I think he's ready to pounce if he actually believes he can get the team, but he doesn't want to like, so it, we're, we're at the shark tank here. What do you raise the bid to that Harris can't meet? Or at least you perceive he can't meet that you actually believe Snyder would sell it to you for. If you don't, if you don't really buy the fact that he's going to sell 5. it to you. Well then, I mean, you can have up to. Uh, an owner can have up to 25. You can have 25 investors in an organization per team. So then Harris could go out and get more investments into the team and get more cash flow. You see what I'm saying? It's a crazy scenario if you yeah, don't believe I mean, Snyder's going to sell it to Bezos. I just I, We're trying to be rational with an irrational person. I <laughs> so I, it's, it's hard to have these conversations because... We're trying to apply oh. logic as logical people. And when you're trying to do that with people that are illogical, you're never going to come up with a solution because and we oh, have no idea. Oh, by the way, the owners also love this in a weird way because if you have a back-and-forth negotiation, if you have a bidding war, the value of all the franchises that could be on the market goes up exponentially. If that, if that happens, but I think we've been at this enough days now where it's not going to happen. I feel the same about Lamar Jackson. There's going to be no bidding war for Lamar Jackson at this point. I feel comfortable in saying that. I think this is the only bid he's going to get. So it's either well, take it or not, and it's a great deal, and it's a the, great the, bid. The only difference is Baltimore can trade Lamar Jackson at the draft and move up and get a quarterback if they want. The league would love to trade Dan Snyder, but it's up to Dan Can't. Snyder, unfortunately. Chad, uh, Bill Haslam, former governor of Tennessee, Deal is official with the Nashville Predators for a near record $880 million is where this uh, deal is going to be locked into, where Haslam will now, once it's signed, sealed, and delivered, he'll own 60% of the franchise, which is going to be roughly $530 million of that estimated $880 million evaluation. And that's where they're locking in the value of the franchise there. He's paying five times more than the projected value of the franchise, according to Forbes. So that sets a record. And it tells you that the, the market and the location, the real estate that he's going to be a part of with the arena, plus the team, is a massive win for the, the NHL. Because the current record, and it still remains, is through uh, the Fenway Group, I believe. Yeah, for they, the Pittsburgh Penguins. They own the Penguins, yeah. For nearly I, I a billion. I was surprised to see that it was $900 million 
for Pittsburgh two years ago, 2021, the sale went through. I would think Nashville as a growing, climbing market, entertainment center of America, I was a little surprised to see that it didn't go for more than the Pittsburgh Penguins, quite, quite honestly, that the Predators wouldn't be uh, valued at more. And I don't know if it's, the, it's five times the value, Hutton. The way I read it was it's five times the annual revenue is what they, they – the, the, the annual revenue would basically take five years to reach that, what they're bidding out right now. I don't know there was 5X of the overall team value as much as five well, times the revenue. Because he's, he's getting – he's acquiring 60%, right? Yes. Of that number. That, that's official in 2025, and he will have four easy payments – to pay this off, he'll pay one payment this this year, one payment next year, and then he'll double his payment in the final year going into 2025, and he'll have controlling ownership of the NHL franchise. But the, I mean, while he doesn't own the arena, they have a controlling interest in a lot of what happens in that building. Yes. They book the building. So it's more than just, you know, a sheet of ice and, you know, hockey every other night. And it was, for years, the most used venue in America. One of the most used oh, venues was, in America yeah, with, it with was, concerts and everything one. else going yeah. on. So it's, uh, it's a good deal. And if you want to see the difference between the NHL and NFL, $880 million to $6 billion. Yep. Washington Commanders to Nashville Predators. $5.3 billion is what the NHL made last year. And they saw a massive increase in the overall sponsorship dollars. And the teams don't really get much off the TV revenue. That's the biggest difference. And they're about to get less because yeah. of these regional sports networks going away. That's, that's the biggest difference. And, and speaking of getting more, YouTube. Wow. They, they the price tag for the NFL Sunday ticket. If you have YouTube TV, you get it for roughly 250 bucks as long as you do it within like the next six months. And for, uh, if, you, if you're not a YouTube TV subscriber, it's 350 bucks if you purchase before... Uh, the 1st of June. You got to jump in now. If not, you're going to pay upwards of 450 bucks a season for non-YouTube TV subscribers if you, you know, don't get in at the right price tag. It's going to be hefty. And look, I mean, they DirecTV was charging what, 250 bucks, I believe for the season. You can also pay $11 a month in a subscription and just get the Red Zone channel. Yeah, I'd look at that and I think is that a lot? Given what it costs to go to an event today, I mean, you could buy yeah. a ticket for $150. You're not going to go alone. So let's say you go to a good ticket's going to cost you $150 at least. That's $300 to go to one game. And now I'm offering you $349 to watch your team play every week. That's basically what you're doing. You're an out of market fan, you want to see everything. And you buy that and you can see every game. I think that's oh, kind of fair. Yeah, and people will pay these prices because yeah. you couldn't, you didn't have access to it unless you had DirecTV. Right. Now, well, what is it to get a big pay per view, you, Hutton? You don't have to. Uh, UFC, 100? Yeah, it's right under 100 now. And so, ESPN controls that. $100, one night pay per view, or less than $400, four months NFL football every game. Your team, if you're out of market, you're guaranteed to watch them. Mm hmm. I look at this and didn't think staggering rate. I thought this is a steal. Well, the, quite the, frankly, but it's a win, even though you see the steep prices. If you if it's jarring that you're going to spend four hundred dollars or whatever for the season package for your team or for the full package, 
what you don't have to be a YouTube TV subscriber to access it. You're just going to pay more. And you didn't have that option with DirecTV. So the fans do have more access to it, even though the price tag's going up. And again, that Red Zone channel, if you just want to watch the league while you're watching your team locally, you can do that too. You don't have to have this. You can get the Red Zone channel for 11 bucks, and you, know, you get to stream the Red Zone channel while you're watching on your television, whatever the local affiliate would be carrying your team's game. I'm not some Rockefeller. I don't think this is a big deal. I, I think this is pretty, pretty standard of what it should be based on what it would cost to go to a game to get your team every game guaranteed. We'll discuss with John McClain coming up. Odell Beckham Jr., what does that mean for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? And we'll discuss the very top of the NFL draft. John's based in Houston. The Texans with the selection at number two. Everyone's saying Bryce Young, and they have. But what if Bryce Young goes number one? We'll ask John that question next on the hot mic. And we return with John McClain. Gallerysports.com is where you can find him. We're streaming live at outkick.com with Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. John with us from Gallery Sports, doing great work there. John, hope things are well. Things are well. It's great this time of year because of all the speculation leading up to the draft, 99% of what you can't believe. I thought it'd always be interesting if somebody had taken the time to keep track of what like 10 experts are saying and see if any of it came true. You know, usually you cover yourself by saying could, may, might. That means if it doesn't happen, you didn't say, hey, I said that was true. Well, they're only going to point to what they get right in the mocks, right? Uh, but you're, you're right about the reports about, you know, now, now is the time for this team could be interested in trading up. This team could be interested are, in this quarterback that no one's talking about right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's speculation season. Well, you're John, right, John. John, can I put a, put a couple out there for you right now just to start? Goers. If Bryce Young goes number one, what will the Texans do? C.J. Stroud. Okay. so uh, John, you think that they're equally in on either one of those guys? No, I don't think anybody's ever equally in on both of them. But it's like, say, a top-of-the-line Mercedes and a top-of-the-line BMW. You may, after testing them, learning everything you can about them, checking out the best deals you're going to get, and say, well, I like the Mercedes best. But you know what? I love the BMW, too. I'm going with the BMW. So that's what it's like. Both these guys are top-notch prospects. They have great character. Both of them do so many things well. I don't find anybody talking about any negatives on C.J. Stroud other than the fact he didn't run enough, which is preposterous, considering how many great receivers he had who are open. And the only weakness with Bryce Young is the one he can't control. I still believe that when all is said and done, the Panthers are going to take Stroud. Okay. And I want to circle back to Young in just a moment because I read your piece uh, with uh, D'Amico Ryans about the size of, of, of Bryce Young. But with, with C.J. Stroud, 
What is the relationship like with the Texans organization with David Mogoletta, the 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 uh, agent for Deshaun Watson, and how has that relationship been since Watson left? It would not keep them from uh, drafting Stroud. The stuff with Watson was just business. Mogoletta should love the Texans because. He allowed the, him, he recommended a no-trade clause. They said, sure. He got an incredible contract for Watson here, and then he traded him where he wanted to go. So he should love the Texans. And he's one of the top agents in the league, if not the top right now, with who he's representing currently. And there's a lengthy list that I'm sure the Texans would not turn away if they didn't like the agent. Um, no one says that about Drew Rosenhaus with his lengthy list either, for instance. But, yes, he does represent C.J. Stroud. So – uh, what did Ryan's have to say about Bryce Young and whether or not the, the the size of Young would play a factor in how they view him or put them on their draft board? He said last week at the league meetings in Arizona that his size isn't an issue. He said you put on the tape and you watch him play against great competition and it's not an issue. Now, it's going to be an issue every time he steps on the field. He's going to weigh in the 190s. He's 5'10 and an eighth, and he's frail, and he's thin. So everybody is going to worry about him every time he gets hit. But they did at Alabama, too, and he played great, and he only missed, what, one game with that arm injury last year. I was watching. I tried to watch as many of those two quarterbacks of college games as I could just to see for myself. And I, I wrote a deep dive on both of them last week on uh, gallerysports.com. I talked to everybody I could who I respect. And I read and listened and watched people I respect to try to come up with strengths and weaknesses. And Young has one weakness. And Stroud, really, if the best you can come up with is he didn't run enough, uh, considering he said, why would I not throw the ball to my receivers when they're open? I'd have been a dis doing them a disservice. He ran against Northwestern, I think, six times for 76 yards ran 12 times in that great game against Georgia. He didn't get much, but he can move. He can run. I don't know exactly what people are looking for. I used to say forever, and this stands up considering she's still drop-dead gorgeous. I used to tell people, you'd complain about a pimple on Halle Berry. <laughs> and so for people to say, Bryce, I mean, that C.J. Stroud doesn't run enough, you know, they complained about a pimple on Halle Berry. And uh, so I can't wait. I don't, you never know. Maybe they're going to turn out like Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. But right now, nobody thinks that, of course. John McClain with the analogies everyone can understand. Like that one right there. I love it. John, let's pretend for a second that you are world-class gambler, Mattress Mac. And you are going to place big money on one of two things. One is that the Cardinals stay put at number three and draft the top edge rusher of their choice. And the other option is that they're trading out of that spot because someone is trading up to draft Anthony Richardson. What are you putting your money down on right now? On the Cardinals making a trade. They have a new GM, new coach. They have long-term contracts. They don't have to win right now. They've got – a lot of people think they have the worst roster in the league. The only team who has worse odds of winning the Super Bowl than the Texans are the Cardinals. So they need to make a deal. They may need to trade down twice because they need picks. 
The Titans are doing their studies on two quarterbacks specifically. Well, three, really. They spend a lot of time with Hendon Hooker as an in-state prospect. They get that luxury. They have Will Levis in for an official visit today here in Nashville. And they've already done that with Anthony Richardson. They're in play for that move. They're, they're at least considering it. They're, they're looking at the top quarterbacks in the draft for the future. But also, uh, just uh, among the top ten, Seattle with Geno Smith's contract, that's really a one-year deal if they wanted it to be. Same goes for Jimmy Garoppolo out in Vegas. What do you make of the teams who could be aggressive for a guy that, in Richardson's case, maybe needs a little time to develop but won't last that long, and if he's your quarterback of the future, you've got to go up and get him? First of all, I would not go up and spend a lot of draft capital for Anthony Richardson. He's got too much boomer buzz qualities. You know, you got multiple years watching Will Levis. He's easier to scout if you like his personality because he got an arm. He can run. You guys saw it. He struggled a lot last year through too many interceptions. But, boy, for the Titans to go up to three or four, that's going to cost them a lot. And what do you think about Hendon Hooker? I think Hendon Hooker, I have him going to Seattle in my latest mod. Before that, I had him going to Washington in Seattle with the 20th pick, not the fifth. Oh, and speaking of teams with two picks, Houston's one of them. In a, in a scenario where Bryce Young goes number one and Stroud two, they could have Stroud team back up with Smith and Jigba, and the Texans could go wide receiver. They pick 12th. Is that right, John? They pick 12th. I think they're going to take a defensive end. Okay. I think they'll address wide receiver with the 33rd pick. And the reason is, they need an edge rusher. They got none. They've got some depth at tackle. And you can there's some good edge rushers for value in that area. And so I think they're going to do that because really good value for wide receivers starts in the second round. John, the Odell Beckham Jr. signing uh, with, with Baltimore, d- does that tell you anything about where Baltimore thinks they are right now with Lamar Jackson, what they think about the market out there for Lamar Jackson. And to me, I took it as they feel like they can repair whatever broken relationship they have with their quarterback, or they're probably not making that signing. And Odell Beckham Jr. is probably not going there if he's not going to be catching passes from Lamar Jackson. What do you make of the whole situation right now? I heard that Beckham and uh, Jackson in South Florida that play golf together. And I think it was Ian Rappaport said that Beckham was uh, talking to Jackson before he made that decision. I mean, Jackson's not going to set out the season. He's going to make $32 million. So I've expected all along he's not going anywhere because nobody wants to give him that big contract that's guaranteed. So he'll go there and be number one right away. I wonder at a time like this, the report that he that uh, Beckham was going to the Jets, spend the day on Monday, was not planted to try to get the Ravens to pull the trigger on what was looks like a very bad deal for the Ravens to pay him $15 million guaranteed, coming off two major surgeries on the same knee. You got to always watch at a time like this what's being put out there and who it affects the most, but because John Harbaugh, Wanted him, good for them. They got him. I think I've never thought Lamar Jackson was going anywhere else, so it doesn't surprise me. I think he'll be there 
for at least one more year. And Odell Beckham Jr. signed a one-year deal. Yep, and I think the one-year deal is key, though, for Baltimore because if it does hit the fan with Lamar Jackson for any reason, the vast majority of this contract, correct me if I'm wrong, John, is paid now. And the actual base salary is extremely low. Very cap-friendly, not just for the Ravens, but for a potential trade if they're nowhere near the postseason for whatever scenario could happen at quarterback. Um, You could still trade away Odell Beckham Jr. for a pick and get something in return for a risk that you made in the offseason. Could be, but I I just don't see a big market for Beckham. I just don't. He'd have gone to the Jets. He wouldn't have been first or second receiver. He'd have been third. Right. And and this is a good deal for him, but yeah, he's going to be 32 next year. I know he wants a bigger deal. He wants a multi-year deal. There's not a lot given to, to receivers who are 32 years old. John McClain with us here on Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Jalen Carter, I've, I've asked several people around the league, who's the number one player in this draft? And four of the five have said Jalen Carter, hands down. Is anything of this offseason going to affect where he goes in this selection process other than teams needing quarterbacks and not defensive linemen? I think there are some teams that will not have him on their board because he had baggage to begin with. And now he's got this other thing where he's racing, could have been involved in two people being killed. And you wonder, will he grow up? Will he mature? A lot of people do. There have been players who had huge baggage coming out of college, and they straightened up when they got to the NFL. So the key is, would he play on a consistent basis? A lot of people think he needs to go with a team that has good leadership, a good defensive coordinator, a good head coach. I have him going to Seattle with the fifth overall pick. I don't think he's dropping past the Seahawks. Pete Carroll uh, can coach him. They have a desperate need there. And uh, I think he's ticketed for the Seahawks unless somebody surprises us above them. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Arizona – if Arizona were to stay at three and they take a guy that could be a problem when you're trying to rebuild, that's not good. He needs to be around a lot of veterans. People are saying, well, he'd go to Philadelphia. He's not going to last to Philadelphia. And uh, But there's some teams that he's very suspect because of the off-the-field issues, the character issues. John, you surprised at all that Cliff Kingsbury's next stop is as an offensive analyst at USC? He's making uh, he's making at least five million a year, so it's not maybe not the responsibility. The Texans had him in there to talk to him about being offensive coordinator or overseeing the offense, and he decided to go back to USC to work with his buddy. Lincoln Riley get to work with Caleb Williams. Williams is going to play great. They're going to play great. And people are going to say, well, what assistant coach from a program that's playing? Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Let's hire him. I think he'll be a head coach in college in one more year. I think his time in the NFL as a head coach is done. And Caleb Williams is a very lucky young man to be able to be coached by Kingsbury and Riley, two of the best. John, who do you consider, which team do you consider the most unpredictable of the draft? 
right now, I would say Arizona and, and Indy because Arizona holds all the cards at number three. Indy, we all know Indy needs a quarterback. Will they sit there and take the fourth one? What if they like Hendon Hooker and they want to take him? People say, well, trade down. You don't know. You can't. If you like Hendon Hooker and you can trade down to 12, say, with the Texans, there's no guarantee somebody's not going to take him. If you like him at 12, like him at four and take him. I think uh, those two, because if I don't see Arizona staying there, I see a team trading. I think it'll be the Colts. They'll move up, have their choice of two, take the one they like the best. And then and then at four, the uh, Cardinals could make another trade to a team that wanted two teams battling for the last of the four quarterbacks. Cardinals in a great spot. They're going to be paid handsomely to move back and still end up with a great player potentially. And then you also, the, the Lions end up with the sixth pick. This is from the trade with Stafford. They have the sixth overall selection. And, I mean, based on the way in, I see this falling, they're going to get their option of Will Anderson or possibly even Jalen Carter to line up next to Aiden Hutchinson. I know they traded Jeff Akuda to Atlanta for a fifth-round pick yesterday or early this morning. But, hey, that, the, the idea that you're pairing one of those two guys on the defensive front next to Aiden Hutchinson is, is something, considering where the Lions are and where they're poised to go this season. Some people haven't taken Tyree Wilson. And then they had that other rookie in last year, that eight sacks, coming off the bench. They need an interior player. There's only one, Jalen Carter. The Lions, a lot of people haven't taken an offensive player. Their offense is already great. Some people say, well, you know what? They're going to take a quarterback like uh, Anthony Richardson if they could, and then they develop him a couple of years behind Jared Goff, who has played really well. And But I still think they need defense. Their defense was horrible to the last 10 games. They knocked it down to about 20 points, but they need to be better. They're not just trying to win the mm -hmm. NFC North. They want to go to the Super Bowl, and that defense has got to start up front. You know, Kuda was the third overall pick, and in his fourth season, 21-2, fourth season they traded him for a fifth-round pick. What a bust he was. Yes. Now, maybe they're going to take somebody like, uh, Witherspoon or Gonzalez uh, to play corner to replace him, but they made a bunch of free agent signings on their defense. It kind of gives them flexibility. I still look for them to pick alignment. John McClain, you can follow him on social at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, YouTube TV, we, we were going over this right before you joined us with uh, the NFL Sunday ticket. The big difference this year is if you don't have direct TV, you, if you didn't have DirecTV, you could not get this package. You had to subscribe to the satellite company. Meanwhile, you can subscribe to YouTube TV for a discounted rate, but you don't have to be a subscriber to get the product. What do you make of the price tag, which will be around 450 bucks for the full package, and you can pay a monthly fee for Red Zone only? I used to uh, subscribe to the uh, NFL package. And then I realized how little I actually get to watch it. And so I stopped. So I don't know what it was, uh, how much it was last season. And I was looking at all those different price prices for YouTube. Of course, they're paying a whole lot more. Google owns them. They're paying a whole lot more than DirecTV had to pay. And, of course, we all know the owners need that money. 
But when I saw a package up to $495, I'm thinking, wow, at some point, they need to allow fans to buy one game. If I want to watch the Titans, I should be able to watch the Titans without having to subscribe to the whole league. That's been kicked around a lot, and hopefully someday that'll happen. And if it does, imagine how many people are going to take advantage of it. No doubt. You get to select the best Sunday afternoon game, too, if you want to. You know, you don't have to buy the full package to see the best ball. And not, you know, you're talking about watching one team, John. Watching, you know, one game individually, I feel like streaming now will make it easier to do that, just like you would if you're at home on a Saturday and want to pay $3.99 to rent a movie on Prime Video or wherever. You can go in and pay for the one game you want to watch that Sunday and be done with it if you're not around a TV other weekend. So I... There's a lot of possibilities with this. There's no doubt. I think Chadillac does a great observation, and it might be originally when they do it. Okay, you can't do game to game, but if you want to subscribe to one team, you can do that. Like cheeseheads all over the world could just subscribe to the Packers for the season. Or, of course, if you have it the way it is now, but you give those cheeseheads a chance to watch the Packers every week. Same with the Cowboys and all those big. Big teams that draw the great ratings every week. We're coming to that eventually, just don't know when. John, final 30 seconds. Is Tillman Fertitta out of the bidding process for the commanders? No, I keep reading Mike Florio, never mentions him at all. He made a bid for $5.5 billion, and I know that's true. And uh, he is, as far as we know, he has not made one for six, but he has not dropped out of the running because a lot of it is how do you finance it and how does the NFL – finance committee look at the way you want to pay for it yeah and then know what you're right i haven't seen his name bantered around nearly as much as i'm seeing bezos now and of course we know about josh harris and his group there uh john mcclain uh he's with gallerysports.com mattress mac maybe he can help finance some of this uh to make a bid john thank you as always always enjoy always enjoy you coming on each week with us we appreciate you jonathan and chad lag thank you very much as always you're the man john yeah, thank you there he is the man in black, John McClain. There he is. Look at him. Yeah, All his splendor. Love uh, John. John. Uh, John's not weird, but when we come back, we will get weird. Davey is. With some crazy headlines saying. that are legit and hard to believe. That's next, right here on OutKick. Ted, time to go rapid fire here on Hot Mike. Davey Hudson brings weird headlines. It's time to get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Weird. Get weird. Weird. Get weird. And Chad, you're disgusted by story number one, apparently. Well, I just happened to walk in. I uh, just went out to get a little water in the break and walked in and just saw on the TV screen something that's very, very gross that I think Davey Hudson's going to tell us What about. are we looking at, Davey? Gentlemen, we are looking at a new Subway creation, the Cadbury Cream Egg Easter Sandwich. Now, Chad, I know you're disgusted by this, so I do have some good news. This was rolled out for Easter, but only in the U.K. They only made 500 sandwiches, so this is not something, at least this year, you have to worry about within the United States. But, I mean, just look at this monstrosity. That is the, I mean, like, if, if you still eat Subway, like, I would say good for you, but it's probably not good for you. 
that's the Italian white bread that they are using. And then they've decided to melt a Cadbury cream egg in the middle of it. So it looks awful. Um, but I, I'll say it looks like a Philly cheesesteak if you just glance at it. it. Does. But when you see the Cadbury cream egg logo next to it, it throws you off. It's akin to if you reach for something in the fridge and you drink something that may actually be delicious, but you think you're drinking something else, that initial shock you get of disgust that you're not drinking what you thought you were drinking at the time, that's what I feel when I look at that picture. Because if you told me it was a Philly cheesesteak, I'd say that looks delicious. Yeah, but, it, but but when I see Cadbury cream egg, it so looks disgusting. is it just the melted Cadbury cream egg with the bread and that's it? That's it. That's not as disgusting as what I thought it was. I thought this was like roast no, I, beef with a Cadbury cream egg on it. I, like I'm saying, I think it looks disgusting. I don't think it's disgusting. I like Cadbury cream eggs. So they made 500. They sold several of them to children and... What about their day? They sold two, and then they decided to call it a promotion. <laughs> yeah, people so, people in the UK, some of their their um, yeah their their candies are yeah. strange. It fits the yeah they're weird. You're right, like their lifestyles. So, All right, what's next, Davey? All right, guys, we're going to continue across the globe. This time, we're headed to China because we have a man that has now been sentenced to prison for scaring his neighbor's chickens to death. <laughs> okay, you might be thinking, hey, it's just a couple of chickens. No, it's 1,100 chickens that died in a crush. They literally trampled each other because this guy snuck up on them at night, shined a flashlight, and they were so scared that as they tried to run away, they ended up crushing and trampling other chickens. <laughs> what? Okay. How does a this chicken is more than a flashlight, though, trample right? another chicken? This has to be a spotlight. It's like a sort. it's like a crush. Like I hate to use this example, but it's like the Hillsborough incident all over again from. It's the it's the uh, it, it they were trampled right. They just run on they smother each other. Pretty much, yeah. They get so scared. They just, I mean, they have no care for the other chickens, and they're just like, it's it's a fight or flight. So but he, 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 what I'm hearing is chickens are dumb. They're dumb animals. But sent to prison for this. Well, I'm glad you asked, because Goo, that's all we got for his name. So we're just going to say Goo, initially, the first time he did it, where we had 500 chickens die, he was only sentenced to probation and paying a fine of, I want to make sure I get the figures right, uh, it was $436 or if uh, 3,000 won just to, okay. to get you there. But then he's continued to have this feud with his neighbor, and I'm still not 100% sure as to what started the feud, but then he came back a second time, and that is when another 640 chickens ended up being killed. The Hatfields and McCoys we'll send of Keith China. Morrison to knock on the door there and investigate what wow. was the feud. Uh, final one. And then our final story, guys. Uh, this one, uh, you can see this on Outkick, but sex dolls are flying off the shelf in Australia. You might be surprised as to why. It's not to, you know, their main purpose, but apparently... <laughs> In this part of Australia, they have decided to make it a lot easier if you're traveling with companions. So people are just buying the sex dolls to put in the okay. passenger uh, seat. The HOV lane. Yeah. The HOV lane. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you imagine looking over and seeing this? They literally sold out. I, like, like, I got this from like the trying website. trying to flirt with a girl. It's like, oh, wait a minute. That, that's a doll. She's not moving. Chevy Chase vacation. Oh, man. I mean, that's the, great. Yeah, the lanes require at least uh, two occupants. And well, that just creates more traffic. I mean, you still have the same issue. Leave it to the Aussies. Right. You know what I always say? Just leave it to the Aussies. If They'll everyone, figure it if out. If everyone does this, then you're still sitting in the same traffic. It's Isn't also that? a convenient excuse just to buy a sex doll, you know? Yeah. yeah uh, well, honey, I promise that this doll is for HOV purposes in the morning. Yes. My morning commute just got a hell of a lot quicker <laughs> because of this sex doll. And that's the only reason I have it, I promise. Well, then you, I mean, you sit in traffic still and... 
you look over and who knows what you see. I just like the idea of like having to take your kids to school occasionally, and then you're having to like hide the sex doll quickly underneath the seat. <laughs> Deflate. Oh, sorry, sorry, Deflate. I'm not going to work yet. I'll put this in the car line at school as I get ready to leave school to head to work. Pete Prisco, not high on Will Anderson for the NFL draft. He'll tell us why, and he'll tell us which quarterback's going third. That's next on Hot Mike.